0: Maybe sometimes we take for granted the access that we have to books and literature and all kinds of writings, whether through paper books or e-books. The internet, our libraries and bookstores give us great access to just about anything we want to read. Today we use scripture for prayer and for worship and sometimes for study. And it's easy to forget the versatile ways the Bible was used in Jesus' day. It was a law code, a book of natural history, And a study of the political and economic realities of ancient life in Israel. It was also a school text that helped students train their minds and navigate life. The poetic portions of scripture, which make up important parts of today's readings, were especially important as teaching tools for memory and study. For example, take the parallel lines of biblical poetry from today's first reading. The book of Sirach forms part of what we call wisdom literature in the Bible. The author took witty or common wisdom sayings and set them in verse form, probably to help students memorize them. An ancient teacher would recite the first half of the poetic line, and the pupil would recite the second half. It's easy to visualize this ancient practice as one heard the first line of today's readings. Wrath and anger are hateful things, Yet the sinner hugs them tight. So let's practice. Wrath and anger are hateful things. Oh, you guys are quick learners. In theory, the ancient teacher could quiz students from any of Sirach's 52 chapters. And many of you have already memorized the refrain of today's response oral song. The Lord is kind and merciful. Very good. The second half of that parallel focuses or intensifies the first. Indeed, the Lord shows mercy and compassion, and it's unlimited. At the time of Jesus, the two most read and studied books from the Bible were, in fact, the Psalms and Isaiah. So like most children of his day, Jesus would have learned from his mother the biblical passages like that one from Psalm 103. Well, this poetic teaching tool appears in today's gospel as well when Peter asked a difficult question about forgiveness. Jesus had just finished an explanation of discipline towards an offender in the community, which was last Sunday's gospel. But Peter required further clarification. How often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus' response, I say to you not seven times, but? At first glance, his response needs little explanation. One can understand that forgiveness runs deep and exceeds human limitations. But I learned this week while studying for uh, this reading that this line echoes one of the earliest poetic verses in the Book of Genesis. This references to the unlimited nature of Lamech's revenge. So, if Cain, if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. That's from Genesis 4:24. So, note that this one is about vengeance, but Jesus switched his verse to be about forgiveness. By contrasting His teaching with the language of a well-known poetic line, Jesus reveals the limitless nature of Christian forgiveness and provides a helpful tool to remember a lesson worth keeping. So while these readings reinforce God's limitless forgiveness of our sins, maybe the hardest part for most of us is our need to forgive those that wrong us. And in fact, our moral lives, in our moral lives, maybe forgiveness is the most difficult goal of all. Most of us struggle with forgiving those who do us serious harm. And our secular world enforces the idea that some offenses are unforgivable. So three examples uh, reinforcing the importance of forgiveness. Uh, Not forgiving others is as harmful to us as is to them. And maybe you've heard the saying that holding a grudge against someone is like drinking a little bit of poison every day and expecting it to harm the other person. Holding the grudge doesn't work. Or in Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12-step program, step number nine requires the recovering alcoholic to forgive himself or herself and to forgive the person on the list of any actions done in retaliation. It can also be helpful to remove the guilt and shame of past actions that can act as a stumbling block to full recovery. And forgiveness brings us peace. I had the opportunity to listen to a nurse speak a few years ago who had provided years of uh, -of end-of-life care to people who were dying. The thing I remember the most from what she shared is that especially as our loved ones approach the end of life, we need to tell them, I love you, I forgive you, and please forgive me. Only once forgiveness is given and received can the person dying, as well as the person saying goodbye, be at peace with the impending death. So today we learned that Jesus, the savior is also Jesus, the poet, using ancient tools to teach us a lesson. The gospel provides a reminder of how scripture was used in the ancient world. The parable in today's gospel reinforces the poetic line at the end, the king and the wicked servant both try to settle their accounts, their capacity for give debts, however, are set on different scales our readings today. Help us to pray about our own scale of forgiveness. We're asked to move past our limitations, and these poetic lines help us to memorize this lesson. So I invite all of you, to, all of us, I need to reflect on this also this week, to reflect on the question of who each of us needs to forgive and how each would benefit from this forgiveness. So let's go through our lessons. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner holds them tight. The Lord is kind and merciful. How often must I forgive as many as seven times? I say to you, not seven times, but...